Gossip My away. roommate had the same farrier as him. Sure enough, that's the best. Um, Farriers are huge gossips. Yeah. They just go barn to barn. They got, all the, they got all the dirt. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And on today's show, we have the dynamic four-star duo, Dan and Caitlin Classing. Right on, right on. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We are, um, this is pretty awesome. We're doing, we're at the beautiful Hermitage Farm. Yes. Home of Classing Equestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Classing. Caitlin Classing. Yep. The eventer formerly known as Caitlin Spurlock. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Identity change. <laughs> Identity change. So any of those big uh, Caitlin Spurlock fans out there that all of a sudden are like, where'd she go? What happened? Still here. <laughs> She's still here. She didn't go, she didn't go too far. She went to Hermitage. So uh, thanks a lot, guys, for having us here and hosting us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're, we're real excited to be here. So thanks a lot. In the middle of a storm and all. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got a gully washer out there. So um, lots to cover. Obviously, this is our first time we're doing two people at once. And not only that, but married people. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So this is cool for me. Yep. So big fans. Um, so we always like to try to start off and get the background of of pe- people's background stories and all that stuff and how they got started in it. So um, we want to hear about both of you. So I think ladies first. Yeah, the I, I think Caitlin can go first. <laughs> <laughs> so Caitlin, how did you get your start in, in riding? Well, um, I grew up sort of in the middle of it. My parents are both um, equine vets. They have a practice right in the backyard. So I had every opportunity that I could want to be around horses. Uh, and I grew up doing that. Um, had a pony in the backyard. Um, and sort of grew up doing that in Pony Club and got into lessons, got into eventing through Pony Club and did um, a lot of working student stints when I was a kid. I think my mom started dropping me off when I was 13 for the day and picking me up at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah, she was good parenting for anybody listening. You got a kid, just drop them off at a barn. They'll be tired at the end of the day. We did that. Yeah, it works. Um, Yeah, and so it was kind of, I knew, I think, I told them when I was eight years old, I was like, I'm going to ride pre- like full-time, that's it. And they are like, no, I don't think so. But here we are, years later. They probably discouraged it pretty well. They did. They had a right. lot of horse people clients. They did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, how about you, Dan? Me, I, uh, I grew up in Baltimore County, north of Baltimore, and it has a strong horse area. Uh, the Maryland Hunt Cup was about 10 minutes from my house. Um, and so it was actually my sister that got my family involved because we come – from a non-horse family. So my sister wanted a horse, so she got one. And then me and my brothers were forced to ride. (laughs) And, uh, and we were infamous throughout the Baltimore County pony clubs and, and everybody hated us. We, they thought we were terrors uh, because we we didn't want to be there. And we were just (laughs) wreaking havoc all the time. Um, I mean, I don't think we were that bad, but uh, (laughs) if you ask other people, they'd say we were, we were terrors. Um, but then, um, uh, got into an eventing um, when I was young. Anne McKay, she was my first uh, riding influence. She, uh, she ran mostly a grassroots kind of barn stable, um, and she 
did a lot of breeding. She did eventing, fox hunting, western stuff, just a little bit of everything. But I think her big passion was eventing. And when I was young, she used to take me around to Fairhill, Radnor. Um, and then she took me to Kentucky when I was 13. Oh, wow. and, and it was about that time that I started getting into it on my own and, and not being made to do it. That'll get you, that'll get you hooked. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> did. Even, even then, which compared to today's atmosphere, would be, we would say it was really quiet. You know, there was no stadium, no grand, you know, you had a couple of bleachers outside your side. But um, compared to anything that we had seen, it was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, what rating did you get to at Pony Club? I got to uh, C two. C two. That's respectable. Yeah, right? that's, yeah. That's about. And how and how old were you when you like how late how long did you keep going till? Uh, I, I think I stopped doing it. I was fourteen. I I was pretty serious into the eventing at that point. And um, pony club eventing is is four days of a lot of pony club horse management. <laughs> so yes. at, at that point, it was like. The pony club eventing was the thing I liked to do the least, even though eventing was the thing I liked to do the most. Um, so it was about that time. I did my first one star as a 14-year-old and wow. kind of wow. parted oh, ways. You, wow. One star as a 14-year-old. Yeah. I might have been 15. But, oh. so, so well, forget it. Yeah, 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 that's a big Caitlin, how about you? You pony clubbed, right? I did. I was probably... If Dan and I had been in pony club together, we would have hated each other because... Um, <laughs> I was very good at the horse management side of it. I will brag on myself a little bit. Um, you would have turned your nose up at his... Yes, I was like, tack was clean, everything was polished. I was pretty good at that. And I, But about the same as Dan, once I got really into the eventing, I, I topped out at around 15, 16, Were you the girl that brought the extra stuff just for guys like Dan? Oh, yeah. With the, the oh, extra yeah. clean mm-hmm. girth. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing it was years later that we actually met, because that wouldn't have gone well. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, okay, well, how did you guys meet? Um, I, I think we knew who each other was. We ne- were never introduced. We just kind of knew who the other one was. For It's like a lot of eventing introductions. You just know who somebody is long enough. One day you just say, hey, how's it going? You know, one of those deals. Yeah, and um, he rode with... He trained with my boss, and so I kind of got to know him a little bit. Who was your boss? Uh, Philip Dutton at oh. True Prospect Farm, and so he was coming in for lessons, and I was like, Dan's pretty cute. You were smitten, smitten right off the giddy up. I yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a radio show, so you can't see him, but like Google image, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely underrated looks, Dan. Okay. <laughs> And now he's also bright red, so that's fun. Oh, that's so funny. So, so basically, Dan hung around at Phillips just so he can get to know you. I like to think so. <laughs> that's my side of the story. I won't confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys jumped. We would jump from Pony Club to like how you guys met. But now, as you guys were coming up, I mean, you guys were pretty successful eventers before you guys ever met. So, so from the Pony Club years, let's go back, Caitlin. From the Pony Club years to, you know, as you're working for Philip, what, what was your journey like from from there to there? You know? Oh, um, well, my parents, both being vets, they're very educated people, so they were very big on me going to college. So I did do that. I um, graduated high school, and then I did my first two years of college online so that I could ride full-time, and I kind oh. of did a little bit of everything. I went to Wellington and worked for... Uh, dressage trainer for a winter. I galloped horses at the track in the morning for a bit of time um, and just kind of kept going um, with the horses as much as I could. And then my last two years, I 
um, did at the University of Virginia, and that's when I got my mayor, Speddy, that I ended up taking on um, to Kentucky and to work for Phillips. Wow. So when you were so, – so you did two years of online college. Mm-hmm. So you can just ride. So who were you riding with while you were in college? Was um, I did that winter in Wellington with Linda Zhang, and then I, I kind of took a little bit of a step back from eventing all out because that's all I'd done growing up. So I worked at the track for a while, galloping horses in the morning, um, and I worked just different jobs. Anywhere that I kept my horse, I'd pick up, like I'd muck stalls. I'd do anything just sure. to have my horse there. Um, did a little bit of that. I worked for a show hunter um, hacking their horses, and he'd take pity on me and give me a lesson every now and again. <laughs> um, so I did a lot. Of, I just wanted to sort of broaden my horizons in the horse industry a little bit. So that's what I did while I was doing the online school. Um, and then while I was at um, UVA, I kept my horses with Mark and Mimi Combs down there um, and started sort of getting back into the eventing a little bit with Speddy. Well, it sounds like super well-rounded, like... That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, you got a lot of... Yeah, I think that was, a, that was a, good, a good thing that both Dan and I have done in our career is a lot outside of eventing, actually. So, Dan, what, let's, what was your in-between time there? Um, well, I got up to about two-star level in, in high school and then continued on in college. I went to University of Delaware, which is not far from Chester County, and um, I started working with Philip when I went to college, and and went to the advanced level with my young rider horse. Um, and so then he retired about the time that I got out of college, and I actually I, I started renting a barn pretty well straight away. Um, and I had a few clients, uh, a few people that I taught, and um, but, but I didn't have enough. I, I probably wasn't making enough money at the barn to you know, have that as my sole source of income. So I also worked at the track. Pretty well consistently through my 20s. I worked at Pimlico, and then when Pimlico shut down, I worked at Laurel. Um, worked at Fairhill for stints and Bowie, just kind of anywhere in, in Maryland that was, you know, with an hour drive. Was that galloping horses? Or? Mm-hmm. Galloping, yeah. How do you guys think you both did some of that type of work? How do you guys feel that helped with your riding? Was it beneficial to how you ride cross country today? Um, Are there similarities? Yeah, I think I did it for a shorter period of time than Dan did. So I can say for me, it was definitely a very big benefit to my riding. It just makes you a little braver getting on a young horse at four in the morning. You know, it just sort of toughens you up mm-hmm. a little bit in a very good way. Uh, I think Dan, you can speak to this a little bit more, but it's hard on your body for sure. And yeah, when you do it... it, it it adds Longer. somewhere in terror for sure. I do think for for short periods of time, it's it's definitely good to uh, to toughen you up to different circumstances. You know, I think we've all been in a situation where we're galloping down to a jump and we need to take a hard half halt. And you know, some people are better at it than others, but you certainly know how to use your body and use your leverage to to get you out of trouble if you need to. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't. I wouldn't suggest people do it for a long period of time as a, as a benefit to their riding. The other thing that I did, or, you know, the main part of my business in Maryland was breaking horses. So um, I actually believe that's a much better um, addition to your, uh, your riding if you want to get a better cross-country rider in particular um, because it, it gives you the same benefits, the same, you know, learning how to ride, um, you know, in the moment, how to deal with a variety of situations, but mm-hmm. it doesn't harden your body the way rate, uh, galloping does because you get you get tight in your your arms your shoulders your elbows which is not good for show jumping it's not good for dressage so i would suggest people uh, break horses as a, a better supplement to their riding 
And is that something you guys are doing with your business today? You yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We really enjoy it. Probably, probably not as much as I was then because we have other. We do a lot of other things, um, but uh, I was breaking uh, probably fifteen to twenty-five a year, and I think we break about ten a year right now. Wow! And now those ten are they clients' horses or yours or how? Combination both. of the both um, horses that we will buy on break, and I bought. From Ireland a couple of times, unbacked horses and brought them over. I'll back them and then take them out, novice, and sell them on. Um, so that's something that we've been doing the last couple of years. But then also people sell, send us their problem horses or just that you know they don't back horses, so they need to send them out. And how many horses do you guys have here at the farm now? Right now we have 26, um, which is a good – that's good. That's, yeah. a good yeah, that's, that's about where we want to be. Um, and then, like Dan said, a lot of those are ones that are – either problem horses just in for a short period of time training or they're young horses that are getting back so they go back to their owner eventually so it's nice we kind of have a good sort of uh, revolving door of clients and a lot of repeat clients that send back young horses and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's been really fun oh that's that's pretty cool so i guess if someone's kind of looking for that are you guys open for business for that for new clients too and Mm -hmm. absolutely that's really cool what's it like working side by side with your spouse Especially in this environment, like, are you guys? Do you guys keep your kind of your, your each have your own aisle in the barn? No, or do you keep things separate. No, not at all. Um, we're as you probably could tell by our pony club stories. We're very sort of different types of personalities. Um, so it would be a little foolish, I think, to try and do things separately. And part of the reason that we wanted to run a business together and why it works so well is we have different sort of horse management strengths, different. Um, things that we really harp on in the barn. So we run everything totally together. We have the barn together. All of our horses are in the same program. and There's no, oh, Dan's horses get this, but Caitlin's horses get that. It's it's a full umbrella program, and everybody works together. And when the horses come in, do you guys, do you guys decide, or does the customer come in and decide well, who gets the right what, or how does that all work? We normally decide. Yeah, it, it, a variety of... The horses Dan gets... Hey, give me some credit. I'm just loud. Well, sometimes it's size oriented. Sometimes it comes down to um, to who has more in their on their plate at the moment. Because I think we're both doing about eight to ten right now. Is that about right? Yeah. Um, So you know, time available, um, size, which horse suits which person better. Those are all things that go into deciding. Yeah, and then sometimes there are ones that will trade back and forth. I'll ride one day, Dan will ride the next day, and that's what that horse needs, and it works out pretty well. Gotcha. And do you guys have have students that come in too? Like, are you guys teaching as well as all the... Yep. We have have a few in-house students, which is really fun because I think... For us, that's really rewarding because they're not just coming in for a lesson, but their horse is in our barn and in our program, and we can help them not just you know tell them to put their heels down, but help them with how they manage their horse in the barn, what sort of feeding program they're on. Just That's a little bit of um, fun. We enjoy that. And then we have a few less um, students that ship in as well. Are you, are you looking for any more ship-ins too, or is that kind of where you're liking it? Um, ship-ins are nice. I, I do say the majority of our time during the day would be training horses um i not by design i'd say just kind of that's what what we've drawn and that's what we have a lot of experience with so we do like the teaching aspect of it but i think we spend more of our day training clients horses at this point gotcha Gotcha. um so what horses do you have um as your competition horses right now and what are your goals with them 
Um, well, right now we each have one horse that we've sort of earmarked as one to keep and everything else that we have we would sell. Um, but I have um, Cartender Denies. I call him Carrot because I'm still not <laughs> sure if I'm pronouncing that right or not. Um, and he's just, he moved up to advance last fall and just did the CIC three-star at Plantation and hopefully he'll run his first CCI three-star this um, this spring at Bromont. Fingers nice. crossed. Yeah, and um, and my big horse, he's uh, he moved up to intermediate last spring, so he's got a year under his belt. He did the Fairhill two star um, and did it pretty well. Um, so I'm aiming for the Bromont two star, um, and then um, kind of tentatively thinking about moving up to advanced at Millbrook. So hopefully we'll have two advanced horses in the barn in the fall. Awesome! Wow, that's that's got to be kind of tough when you have a, a four star horse, and then like is it? Is it hard to miss a Kentucky when a Kentucky comes through? Like, is it hard knowing you were there? And Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's motivating to think about getting back there. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, when both of us, we are top horses. Um, Caitlin's retired, and then I sold my, my two top horses on around the same time, and that was about the time we started dating. Um, and we were both sort of in the same place where we had – um, promising young horses, but we didn't have anything that was above prelim. Um, and I think the ones that we have now at the upper levels hadn't even gone prelim yet. So, um, so I don't know. It's been fun to to progress along sort of together um, with you know a horse that we were excited about. Um, I, I'd say the hard thing is just getting getting back into the habit of going at the upper levels. I think when you step away. You know, you have to you, you have to build your. I think anybody has to build their nerve back up to go and doing it. Um, you yeah. know, and you have a, a period of time that you're not galloping, jumping the big jumps. Now, do you guys coach each other? Do you still have coaches? Like, or, or do you guys use the same coaches? We do How's both. That? We have coaches that we work with, and um, and we do help each other. But uh, the last couple of years, we um, we work with Philip some. Um, um, also, the last year we've been heading up to Ann Krasinski's uh, whenever we have time and it fits into her schedule and our schedule, and we've been enjoying that a lot. This might sound like another question that you guys <clears throat> may or may not like, but I would imagine there's been something that, since you guys have been together, that maybe Dan's taught you, Caitlin. Like, some, like has some part of Dan's experience rubbed off on you that yeah absolutely i mean i think that goes both ways and neither that's not a bad question neither of us would deny that we have made each other better in uh, riders horsemen hugely um and i think you know that's just being around somebody else and day in day out riding around them you pick up on things that they do and um that's the nice thing about us working together is even on a day we're not always helping each other, but sometimes I'll be out there flatting my horse and I'll think, okay, I'm, I'm about done. But then I'll look over and there's Dan dropped his stirrup sitting trot for, you know, God knows how long. I'm like, well, you know what? I better drop my stirrups and keep working a little harder because uh, can't have him can't have him beating me. So then we kind of push each other that way. Um, and then at the events, there's nobody else I'd rather have in the warm up with me just because you know that he wants nothing but the best for me. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, Worked really well as far as improving our riding. How about you, Dan? Um, I'd probably have to go with the dressage position, number one. It's always been a Thank struggle. <laughs> it's always been a struggle for me. And um, like Caitlin said, it, 
think watching her because she has a very very good dressage position so that's helpful but also um i will you know if if i'm feeling a little sloppy in the tack or if i just don't feel like i'm sitting right i'll i'll yell over and be like what can i do and she'll say oh you know turn your turn your thigh in a little more bring your lower leg back bring your shoulders but you know but she'll articulate why you know sometimes when you're riding you just don't know you just you're like something that doesn't feel right my horse isn't going quite how i want it to go but you can't really pinpoint what it is so it's good to have somebody to to yell out at and be like what what do you see and you know what what would you change about how i'm riding right now do you so this is another weird question but that's what i do i ask way <laughs> questions so we you know this is our first time having a, a pair here like as far as um coaching and teaching guys versus girls. I mean, it seems like it's probably a little more common that the guy's a little sloppier in his position and dress on. Like, do you ever find that, like, when you coach a female, it might be different than a male? Or is that something that you guys have ever come across or have ever even thought about before? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I certainly notice there's just a type, you know, a girl can be a little bit more type A and a little bit more worried about, the position stuff and then sometimes when you teach a guy and it's a little bit different but I mean I try not to get too hung up on what Dan's good at versus what I'm good at or what somebody that I'm teaching is good at versus you know strengths and weaknesses and instead just try to you know focus on the whole picture but I, I do think there's... I'd have to say that I mean the vast majority of the people we teach are female so I don't know if we have enough of a, okay. a, a guy have a... to really say we could just be ragging on guys for no reason but <laughs> So, and you guys both said you guys went to college and graduated and everything like that. Mm-hmm. If you were a young person coming up and they're at that, you know, junior in high school and they're, you know, they're, they're trying to make that decision, would, would you guys do it all over again and go to college or would you guys? Um, I think it depends on an individual situation. For, for me, taking the time to go to college and take a little bit of a step back from, I was still, you know, full out riding, doing the online college and but taking a little bit of a break from it was probably really healthy for me and made me get a, gain a little bit of perspective and feel like now running a business and interacting with clients and, you know, I feel like I am speaking as an educated person and feel like I'm able to carry myself in a little bit of a better way that maybe I wouldn't hadn't I, had I not gone to college. But I think if you're somebody that has your parents' support and that's not a path that you want to take, then there's certainly a spot for you in this industry as well. So just making sure that you really think it through. And you can do college. I hate when people say you can't ride and do college because you absolutely can, and I did. And Dan did as well. And we both rode very successfully and a lot. So you just have to be – time management is important and being organized is important. Dan, how about you? Um, I would say if you're going to forego college, I think that's fine as long as you're very, very, very sure that you're going to stick it out. Because a lot of people, they, they start down this road and then they change their mind. So I think, I think college is, is good if you have any doubt in your mind that this isn't what you're going to do for the long haul. Gotcha. But it, having said that, I really did enjoy college. So from just from a point of view of having a good time and and having a different chapter in your life that you can look back on i would say college is great that way delaware isn't it's it's a nicely laid out school for 
Yeah. Yeah, Delaware is great. Enjoying <laughs> enjoying college. It's a Well, enjoying it's a college social. and enjoying horses. I mean, yeah, you're pretty yeah. close to this area, so. Yeah, what, maybe maybe 20 minutes how, you know, we're probably what a half hour maybe from Yeah, it's like half an hour. Yeah. 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 So, if someone was there, they have a nice equestrian program there too. Mm-hmm. So, they've done a nice job. So, if you guys had um you know, some words of advice for that young young rider coming up the levels, like would um do you guys have any any words of wisdom that if you can just impart one slice of wisdom mm. <laughs> gosh one slice there's so so many i don't know we're two or three <laughs> <laughs> well no i would just say to anybody i think the best thing you could do is just get yourself in a program that is doing something that you would like to emulate and take whatever job you can get there don't don't have a you know don't think you should be doing something that you're not uh, and then just go there and soak up everything learn as much as you can and you know, keep your mouth shut, listen more than you talk, and at least that's what I did. <laughs> um, but just try to learn as much as you can from a program that you want to emulate. Dan, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely find somebody that you trust, not only as a, a horseman, but somebody who um, who's, who's a, a good business one. Because I did a lot of things mm-hmm. that were not hugely eventing related which i learned a lot about horses but you don't learn a lot about the business of eventing so there are a lot of things to learn that way as well as learning how to be a good horseman well i think dan makes a really good point because i think most of the now that we're in a position to take on working students a lot of people that come into the barns they think oh i want to be a top level rider and have a string of horses and a string of owners and that's great that's what everybody wants and you know good Mm -hmm. luck but i think also you have to understand what you do that adds value to this industry and i think that's something that dan and i take very seriously the business side of this so whether it's a horse that we're training up to sell every day that we ride that horse we want to be adding value to that horse we want to be making sure that it's a horse that anybody can get on and ride and any day that we ride a horse that a client is paying us to ride well we want to be adding value to that horse we want to be making sure that we have a set of skills that have a place in not just our ambition to be upper-level riders, but a place in this industry. Um, and I think that's important and easy to get caught up. We start in this industry because we love riding, we love competing, but you have to think about um, the business side of it, yeah. too. Providing value back to the people who are yeah. trusting yeah. you with their horse, not just exactly. with their horse, but... I, yeah, I get it. That's, that's, uh, yeah. But we just have the people that come out that they... That they're learning those other things. That it's not just the, they don't start learning when they get on their horse for the lesson and stop learning when they get off. That they try to notice everything we're doing and, and ask questions and um, yeah, no, notice everything because the horse management part of it matters so just important. yeah just mm-hmm. matters just as much as the yeah. the riding if not more. Um, yeah, it's great to be a good rider and have a good horse, but if you can't get to the event, uh, what's the, doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I think the one thing is you're saying that the business side, that's the one thing Pony Club kind of does. And like Pony Club hits on, like you can get mm-hmm. riding lessons and, and all those experiences. And then you learn all about horse management and taking care of horses and feed them like, to the team. But there's no, where do you learn about the business side of it? And really, at the end of the day, how are you going to make your living in horses if you, yeah. without the business side? Yeah. So that's, and what, do, Caitlin, what degree do you have? Psychology and sociology. <laughs> so you can get the inside the. Inside I know. I wish I'd done a business degree in retrospect, but it's that's what I I took those classes because I enjoyed them. So Dan, how about you, bud? Animal science. Animal science. Yeah. Did you think that was helpful? 
Mm, not hugely, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see a lot of people, they get like the equine studies and all that stuff. And I just never know how actual, you know, a lot of times. So if you, you work for Philip and you train with Philip Dutton and you're going to go to college and maybe be taught by <laughs> somebody who's not Philip Dutton, like, you know, and I just always have wondered like that side of like, you're learning, you know, when you learn animal science and you learn about the diet, like would you learn more being at Phillips and when the when his feed people come in and they talk about the feed and Well, that's the sort of thing like um some of the things that you learn aren't even part of the equation of being a trainer. So we have classes like nutrition where we would be formulating diets for various animals. It wasn't just horses, but mm-hmm. you know, we and they give you a list of ingredients and proteins and this and that. And, and we had to fill quotas, you know, the, the overall quotas of what the animal needed. But we had to construct the ingredients, you know, and things like that. It's just not it's interesting, but it's not hugely practical because we order a bag of feed. And then yeah. somebody else already did that. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so what do you say we have a little bit of fun, Karen? Yeah. So the newlyweds, we got to do the newlywed game. This is our first opportunity to have... Newlyweds in front of us, right. Karen. And you bought the whiteboards. And I bought little whiteboards, <laughs> <clears throat> little modified newlywed game. Maybe if I, if I, if I, if maybe we can get our editor to edit in some fancy music if it's something. So. We're gonna keep it. I don't know if you, you guys are both pretty young. You remember the newlywed game way back when? I think I'm familiar with the concept, but you might have to spell it out for me. <laughs> well, we're just gonna we're gonna ask we'll ask a question. Okay. We'll probably direct it to you know one or the other. Well, they okay. both write the answer. And then and, and, yeah, then, and then and then you both write down your answers. So so for instance, we'll we'll do a trial question. Okay. okay. Trial question. So this is one for both of you. So you can't let the other one see the answer while you're writing. So you got to keep okay. it up. And then what we're gonna do is once you once everyone's done writing. Then we'll reveal, we'll turn it around, we'll see who says what. So, um, out of the two of you, who is better at backing up a trailer? So you have to write down your answer. <laughs> we have to back up our trailers to park them here. Okay. So this is um, this is a sticking point. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, have you guys, are you both done? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're good. All right, yeah, go ahead and spin them around. Okay. Dan, there you okay, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're in agreement that Dan yeah, is the best. Yeah. I'll have a day. I'll have a day where I'm on fire. But, um, I think she norm- does it bad on purpose, so she doesn't have to. <laughs> you should see me back up a trail. Uh, <laughs> do you have some too? I do. Okay. Um, is this is this going to be fun? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So, who does the cooking? He's writing a novel. All right, let's see him. Neither. Each spend for themselves. <laughs> each spend for oh, themselves. Caitlin said neither. I mean, we don't we don't cook too much. We don't. It's not like we sit down and have a meal every night. We spend all day together. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> nighttime, it's it's on your. We, we just yeah. flop down at the end of the day. Cereal, bag right. of chips. All right, Caitlin. What is Dan's favorite cocktail or drink? Like no. alcoholic drink. I'm, I'm assuming Dan's. He's any better. So I'm Got it. Dan, you have to write down what it is. You have, what, what, right, uh, write down the right answer. Write down your answer. 
We'll see how well. <laughs> okay. All right. Spin them. You wrote a lot of letters. <laughs> beer. Margarita? <laughs> I, I didn't know beer was an option. I thought you were saying like cocktail. <laughs> Alcoholic beverage is definitely okay, beer. Okay, yeah. Then if, if beer counts, then that would definitely be true. <laughs> if it was a cocktail for both of us, it would be margarita. Uh, that was the... That was her dance question. Oh, well, that, I mean, that's so obvious. He makes very good margaritas, and that's half of why I married him, so. He knows that one very well. Well, actually, we might as well go ahead, because all mine was answered during the really? interview. Really? Okay, see. A lot of drinking questions. <laughs> oh, this, is, this one might be touchy. This is going to be touchy. Okay. It's not meant to be. Okay. <laughs> um, what? Okay. You guys can both write this down. Okay. At the same time. So what word best describes the other person's family? Oh, my. Oh, that's interesting. That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I mean... You gotta rate it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Toughy. Sorry. One word? I could think of about ten for Karen's family. <laughs> All very complimentary. Yeah. All of them. You know, there's a, a joke I like to say the difference between outlaws and then laws. Outlaws mm. are one. <laughs> I'm the only one laughing. Okay, I'm, I wrote something down that I meant as a compliment, but... I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming we were going to get where, like... Yeah, no, his family's great. It doesn't have to be bad. <laughs> no. Well, my family loves Dan possibly more than they love me, so... <laughs> so what's what's Dan... Well, what's the word okay, for Okay, I, I said that they're easy. Like, they're just very easy to get along with. They're just easy people. That's, that's, the, that's the best yeah. compliment I could give anybody, that they're easy. That's the, Dan, what do you... What's Way back. You? Well, Caitlin said her family likes me, so that would probably go hand-in-hand hand with my answer. They're very welcoming. Well, there you go. That's very warm people. See, that, so that was a nice yeah. question. Yep. <laughs> oh, some, of these are, some of these are toughies. Okay. All right, I'll ask this one. Because it technically wasn't answered. Who pursued whom? Ooh, tough one. <laughs> well, there's... I'm going to say... (laughs) Okay. There's a story. Okay. Survey says... So, Dan Ah. and Dan. Okay. It's all in agreement, Dan. So, what's the story? Well, I always thought Dan was super cute. (laughs) He always had a girlfriend. um, And so, I was like, okay. But I heard a rumor that they'd split up. And so... My version of the story Dan disagrees with. I, I'm old fashioned, so I couldn't. I don't like to. I would never ask a guy out. I'm just kind of one. I don't know. It's icky. Um, but I knew that he was newly single, and I was like, okay, window of opportunity. So I'm not above like spreading a rumor that I thought Dan was cute. So I heard he was single, and I told all of our mutual friends that I thought he was cute. And um, less than 48 hours later, he showed up for a lesson and asked me out. And I will, till the day I die, believe that he only sh- signed up for that lesson. So he had an excuse to ask just me just doesn't out. give me much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
did the word get back to you that it did, it did get back to me? Yeah, but I'm it's not all saying come out I would have done then. anything different had it not. You were already like that. That if it didn't get, oh, it had to give you a little boost <laughs> when you know you got the answer. Yeah, you had hand spelled it out, made it easy. But. So you created the the rumor. Yeah, yeah. Tell the right people that would that would that you knew would. Yep. Gossip My away. roommate. Had the same farrier as him. Sure enough, that's the best. Um, Farriers are huge gossips. Yeah. They just go barn to barn. They got, all the, they got all the dirt. Oh, that's so funny. All right, so here's one here. This is this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what is one trait of yours? Your trait. So you're writing down your trait. Okay. That annoys the other. Like just a personality trait, habit. Mm. I could tell you what. I could tell you about a dozen things that I do that annoy Karen Annie. Yeah, it's it's really hard to narrow. It down. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> well, Karen doesn't like my snoring. I'll give you that one. Mm. Little tidbit. I don't think I snore. I never heard myself snore ever. down yep okay so caitlin what is your trait that annoys dan i there i'm sure there are a lot i'm aware but i would say it's that i i'm not very good at taking days off and if we try i will always get antsy and drive him a little bit crazy because dan's very good at taking a day off and just relaxing and turning everything we, we off. never do but we if never we do, do i i enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, she's got like ants on her skin by the end of it. Really? That's so, it. so if you were to take a day, like, so Dan, just okay, answer your question, and I'll answer this question. So, what, what is your trait that you're competitive? competitive? <laughs> she, she says, when I get real competitive, it makes her twitchy. It does make me twitchy, yeah. Well, because he'll just get like real, yeah. Competitive with each other, or competitive? No, just, not know, so much. Just, I don't mind that he's competitive with me, but just competitive in general. Um, where sometimes I can't be that competitive or, well, or else I'll just drive myself crazy. So I've worked over the years to like, you know, kind of calm myself down. But then being around him, it's like, ah. It, it, it helps me. I, I, I compete. It really just has to do with competing the horses. But if I get myself kind of amped up a little bit, I'll compete better than... Whereas I, I have just, to keep myself a little mellow. It has yeah. to do with our energy, energy levels. Caitlin yeah. has a is a higher energy person than me, so, so. I need to take it down. <laughs> yeah, I need the, I need the competitive drive to to build me up. Gotcha. Yeah. So back to your question about the days off. So Dan, if you if you had your ideal day off, what would it what would it be? Are you like a beach guy? A um, I mean, if, if we had two days, we sometimes would go to the beach, but um, I think. Realistically, on our days off, we get up and we go to Tallulah's and kind of, um, and then we will usually, I'll just veg for a while and then we might go to yoga in the afternoon. Yoga, nice. Yep. Nice. How about you? If you if you ever decide to take a day off, which I think is kind of cool that you don't even want to. like. I mean, honestly, just spending time in our house is nice because we're not there too much we have a really awesome cat now so just hanging out <laughs> with the cat but i do i have to plan an activity like if we go to yoga or have to like we'll take days where we take a day off but we'll just come in and ride a few horses but we won't do anything else we'll just ride the ones that have to get done so that those days are nice because i still feel rested but 
I've done something, so I feel accomplished at the end of the day. So a nice ha- a half a day is Yeah, good that's about right for me. That's about right. <laughs> that's funny. That's pretty cool. All right, last question. Last question. Describe your spouse in one word. One word. Mm. <laughs> mm. I wonder if we should... Well, okay. Mm. <laughs> we're, kind of, we're kind of taking away from the game now because we're both going to go, but that's okay because I blew that already. Let's one see. Word. One word. I knew, the, I knew the word Karen would use for me. If we were playing. Okay. Hot stuff? Oh, that's yeah. two words. Though. That's two words. <laughs> I know that was an option. All right, let's see them. Uh, Caitlin? Okay, I said open, like, because Dan's somebody that can't, like, he can't. Oh, my answer's better. <laughs> <laughs> I no. hope so. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. That's the first. Small. Small. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is, like, caring and deep, and yours is just based on size? You didn't specify how to describe it. <laughs> but that's, okay, that box. also goes back to my answer. Is like, Dan's just, like, he's very, he can't lie. He actually cannot lie. He's very, just what you see is what you get. There's no fuss about him. So that's my, why he's very open. Very, and I'm very small. <laughs> she doesn't take much broom in the bed. If you ever see her in real life, she's just very, very tiny. <laughs> That's very factual. That is a factual. All right. Well, there <laughs> so you go. You took it literally. That's Dan. And that's that for the newlywed game, our inaugural newlywed game. That was good. That was good. <laughs> so, uh, so back to just the normal show stuff. So, basically, um, you know, we're here at the farm. You have a whole bunch of horses. The farm is beautiful, by the way, guys. It's, Thank I you. Mean, we it's, love it here. It is. It is awesome. Dan, do you miss Virginia area at all, Dan? Kaylin's from Virginia. I'm oh. from Maryland. Oh, you're from Maryland, Virginia. Yeah. You guys miss it there, or are you, you um, making PA's home? This feels like home now, honestly, so we love it here. Yeah, I, I don't miss it much. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Baltimore is a beautiful area, but um, Chester County is much more um, eventing friendly. You know, there's such a, a strong eventing community up here, so it's very nice to yeah, be for sure. around like-minded people. Gotcha. And when you guys go, do you guys go south? For the winter? We do. Where do you guys go? Are you guys Ocala people or Aiken people? Aiken. We stay up here as long as we can because we have our house and we have our farm that we mm-hmm. love. And then we normally go for all of February, half of March. And then depending on the winter, um, we either go in the middle of January or wait until February 1st. Gotcha. Do you guys give the horses off like in the, the in, through January or do you actually start working them here in PA in January? We... That road out there, when it's frozen, we walk up and down. So we keep the horses in work pretty well through um, through the winter. They get a little break. Yeah, in, in December, it's not too serious. Like, if they don't get ridden every day, it's not the end of the world. But usually, December 26th, we start all the horses hacking up and down the road every day yep. until we leave for Aiken. Gotcha. If the ground's thawed, we'll, we'll flat a little mm-hmm. bit. But mostly, it's just road work on the, on the dirt road. Gotcha. Some old school training. Yep. Build them up yeah. on the road. That's great. Then you head down and they're already re- ready for, yeah. for actual yeah. real work. And yep. um, So uh, just want to, as we're starting to conclude and wrap things up, we just we always like to make sure that we, we recognize the sponsors um, that you guys have and, and 
Um, so if you guys have any sponsors you guys would like to, to bring up that, cause we know how important they are and how they help kind of keep things rolling. Yeah. Um, well we've fed, um, Purina feeds with great success for, with our horses, um, since we've been working together and we buy that through Brandywine Ace Pet and Farm, which is just down the road. And they've been fantastic helping us, um, organize our horses nutrition, um, and just keeping us organized, making sure that we've got feed every week. It's fantastic. Um, and then we use Premier Equine, their cross-country boots, and their schooling boots as well. Um, and also Steuben North America for their great saddles and tack. Yep. Well, they some good stuff, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yep. Is there any super product out there in the world that you guys would that you guys use, that you guys like, you're fans of, that maybe you'd like to reach out and say, hey, we're here, we use your product, we love it, and we'd like to be ambassadors? Um, I mean, anything that helps us keep our horses healthy and happy, we love. Um, So I would say right now um, we use Succeed for our horses for their gastric health, and we use Equiotic as a probiotic. Um, Anything else? I mean, we'd be interested in Adequan sponsorship. Really. I think that's probably... Uh, we dream big. Yeah, yeah. Reaching Adequan, for the stars. Yeah. <laughs> Coming right up. So, um, one last question as far as like the, 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 the business side of things. When, um, like, what, what are future like, goals you guys have uh, each, each as far as like, your legacy you want to have you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road? Um, what's your legacy that you want to... Um, on the sport I mean I think for Dan and I um, right now we're at a place where we each kind of have horses coming up the levels and I think that's something that we'd like to be able to continue to do and um, sort of be able to keep bringing these young horses along we really enjoy producing the horses um, and getting to the point where we don't have to keep selling them um, but being able to produce them and keep them in our barn and keep them in our program so that we and one day have not just one horse at the top level, but have a, a few more would be fantastic. Yeah, I think our, our selling businesses kind of work that way. I think we have um, we have twice as many horses that we own as sale horses as we did before. So I think we're up to um, six. six I don't know. A, I don't care. A, a, de- <laughs> a decent number of very very proper prospects. Um, most of them are imported, but some of them are just very very good thoroughbred prospects but you know the all the horses that we have we really think they could all make it to the top level so i think if we keep expanding it's it's the last couple of years has been a, a sell one buy two sort of thing and i think eventually we can work that towards um you know not that we would direct it but some horses are going to get sold and some horses are and hopefully the ones that aren't will continue up and, and be successful upper level horses so i think we're both eyeing up you know doing more international competitions and then we've always talked about like if we if we were kind of gonna tone back although we'd like to both compete as long as we can um i think i'd be interested in course designing maybe oh, eventually wow. yeah. that's awesome um i do that that's one of my duties around the barn is i do all the the course building and the cross-country exercises and and all that that aspect of our training that's what i've been in, in charge of so it's very um, good at it <laughs> yeah so i think maybe someday sort of like a hopefully like an ian stark thing hopefully <laughs> i'll have some more international uh events under my belt and then um maybe turn that direction eventually that's really cool yeah, that'd be really do you guys cool. have any like team aspirations or anything or yeah it... of course. yeah i'd say we, we both have team aspirations i yeah. think that would be a, a great thing to do sometime 
I'm rooting for both of you to be on the same team. Like I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there in the universe. It's, it's been a while since since David and Karen, so I think the U.S. We needs do. another. Yeah. <laughs> You've any royalty. <laughs> so, uh, how do people get in touch with you guys if they want to kind of jump on board? Do you guys take on syndicate horses too, or are you guys syndicate people? Or yes, um, we have right now. Dan's horse MW Gangsters Game is owned by a syndicate. We have two shares left. If anybody is interested, um, and I think as we continue along, that's something that has been really successful. We've very much enjoyed because when you get these horses, it's fun to sort of think to yourself, oh, this could be a great horse. This is my plan for him. But when you have a syndicate or you have a group of owners behind you, then you have people that you can have that dream with and sort of share that Mm -hmm. with. Um, So we've really enjoyed that. And I think as we continue on, that's a model that we'd like to keep um, following. It's just making sure that we've got the right group and the right horse. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be interested in, because we start the horses so young, I think a lot of people would be interested in it being part of a, a journey, not just getting on board with a horse that's sort of had half of its career, but being along for the entire journey. From, all the bumps in the road, all the... Because we, 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 bra- we break and back most of them ourselves. So it is the full journey from getting them to steer to going over to little cross rails all the way up through hopefully the international level for for someone who's not familiar with syndicates which i'm sure many people are but what would like what um if someone was to join a syndicate here with classings what's Mm -hmm. what what's that like what what type of um experience would someone expect if they were um to be a syndicate member Well, we we encourage people to be very involved and we, we love it when the owners come to the events. I mean, I think that's probably the most fun because a lot of them, they have day jobs and it's hard for them to get out on a weekday to watch them train. But I think it's really fun when they come out and especially like this weekend, we had some of um, MW Gangster Games syndicate members out at Plantation and he won the intermediate. So that was really exciting for everybody. And um, so I think that's a fun part of it. And then as far as the daily training, Um, I splice videos together of their jump schools and and some of their flat lessons or anything that is notable and interesting that I thought that they'd want to see. So I I email those out to everybody. Yeah. I think that the syndicate programs that people are putting together are, are, it's it's a great, it's a great way to one help healthy vendors and the riders and the trainers. And it's also, it's a great way for someone who, um, you know, like us, Karen, you know, someone like me, for instance, you can ride, I can't ride. I can't find a horse to hold me, but, <laughs> but, you know, to be involved and then maybe say, listen, I'm, I'm a part of a program and I'm helping, um, you know, people who are coming up and maybe have Olympic aspirations and maybe someday no guarantees, but never know you, you, you jump on the right horse. The next thing you know, you're, you know, yeah. you might have a, a, a hand in getting your country a, yeah. a medal. Or sending a horse to the Olympics. Yeah, and I think in, in the people that have gotten involved, I think most of them are first-time syndicate owners. I think people are surprised by how much fun they have because they, I think a lot of people avoid it because they they wonder like how important it is or how whether they really feel a part of it. But then once you join, you actually do feel very a part of it, and and hopefully we can continue to give them new experiences. They um, we had a bunch come up to Vermont last year and they loved it because they're. You know, they, it's something that they wouldn't have done otherwise. They would have never gone, and, and hopefully we can provide more experiences like that. Hopefully we can someday say, you know, compete at Blenheim or Burley or, you know, some sort of overseas thing that if they weren't a part of the syndicate, they never would have been involved with. Yeah, what better reason to go over to the U.K. Yeah. than to 
you know, go hit a couple pubs, go in some, <laughs> you know, the castle's yard and watch your horse go yeah. around. I mean, sounds like a hoot to yeah, me. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, so if people want to get involved, how do they contact you guys and how can they follow along on any social media? Yeah, well, we have a website, Classing Equestrian, um, and we have a Facebook page as well, Classing Equestrian. Um, and we're also, we have a very lovely syndicate member who actually manages our Instagram because I that's beyond me but she does our Instagram so you can she posts pictures on there for us too awesome yeah. so yeah. and then and then so what so it's classing classing equestrian.com is our website okay. which I think is relatively up to date at least has good phone numbers and emails <laughs> and you can learn a little bit about some of the horses and the girls in the barn um, and then we have our Facebook page which is Classing Equestrian as well, and then our Instagram, which I believe is also just Classing Equestrian. Gotcha. And then you mentioned that you guys have working students right now. We do, yes. How many working students do you carry? We have three. Three right now? Yep. And if if someone wanted to become a a working student, not necessarily just for you, Mm -hmm. what would be a recommendation for that person that says, hey, you know, I want to take that next step, and I'm kind of nervous. How do I I get my foot in the door? You guys being the bosses, and you guys both being working students at one time, how would you, that little bit of... Well, I think if you're considering it, you need to commit to going for at least a day just to be in the barn and sort of get a feel for the program. Um, And then I would always recommend that you talk to past working students for whatever program you're considering and talk to them about what they got out of it, what they felt the strengths of the program were. Um, And make sure that when you go into your working student position, you're able to say, um, this is what I want to get out of this experience. And don't just go into it um, sort of letting your bosses wonder what it is that mm-hmm. you're trying to learn and what it is that you're hoping to get out of it because that helps us out a lot, if you can yeah. say. Awesome. That's good. Well, good I think I think we had a great time here, guys. Yeah, Thank yeah. that was really so fun. so much. And uh, best of luck in everything, and we're going to be rooting for you and uh, stay in touch, yep. okay? Great. great. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to subscribe to Major League Eventing's podcast and give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can always contact us at MajorLeagueEventing at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers.